Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Stolen by Ehlers to Wheeler, back to Ehlers, scores! Kyle Connor has the Midas touch right now! And another outstanding stop by Connor Hellebuck! Check the shoot! Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. The final week of the regular season is upon us, gentlemen. Uh, you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. The gentlemen I refer to are the my esteemed colleagues, 680 CJOBs, Jamie Thomas, and of course, Jets TV's Mitchell Clinton. Fellas, uh, let's recap the last week before we get into the, the goings on this week. And uh, last week constituted a 2-1 typed loss to the Ottawa Senators on Monday. And then they ended that seven-game slide with a 4-0 uh, route over Calgary to end a three-game road trip. And then, of course, on Saturday evening at Bell MTS Place, the Winnipeg Jets fall 4-2 to the Ottawa Senators. And uh, Tim Stutzla with a little hat trick, the first of his NHL career. And I'm sure he'll have a few more before the, uh, before the career is out for that young uh, German. Uh, Mitchell, just maybe recap the week for us. Obviously, the Winnipeg Jets got that much-needed win in Calgary to get the good feelings going. Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that you take out of the week. Number one, you, you get that victory and that slide comes to an end, even though, and I thought this was a, an appropriate um, statement. I can't remember which, whether it was Paul Maurice or, or uh, one of the players that mentioned it, kind of in and around the four or five game part of the skid where he says, usually, you know, you start playing better and start doing good things before the results show up. And that's really seemed to happen. I mean, against the Ottawa Senators early in the week in that 2-1 loss, Ottawa didn't have a whole lot going. I mean, they had 18 shots on goal. It's, I think that was a season low uh, for the Winnipeg Jets in terms of the amount that they gave up. Jets held the edge in high danger chances, shot attempts. I mean, you name it, they they were all over Ottawa. It was just goaltending. And then Ottawa was very opportunistic and uh, got the game winner with about a minute 13 to go in regulation. So that was a tough loss. So then you go into Calgary, you know, the team that obviously eliminated you last year uh, from the return to play in the summer. Um, and then the Jets put forth, I thought, just a, a real solid, solid effort. I mean, the power play got on the board. That was a big thing. Mark Scheifele gets his 500th point. Blake Wheeler gets his 800th point. Lowry scores twice in his second game back. Blake Wheeler gets a couple. You know, like it just seemed that things were starting to roll a little bit there. And um, then you, you come in and you're back at home. And the first game back from a road trip has kind of always been a little bit of a challenge for the Winnipeg Jets this year. But still, I thought they played well in the first period. Yeah, they were down 2 nothing on two goals in about a minute 16. Both of them kind of deflection goals by the Senators who... You know, after that win on Saturday, they're eight one and one in their last ten games. And Paul Maurice kind of talked about how you know they're it's it's not meant as a bit of disrespect. It's just like they're they have nothing to play for, so they're playing a little bit more free. But that being said, I mean Ottawa has been a team that's been an absolute handful for uh, for a lot of teams over the last probably couple of weeks or so, dating back to mid April. I mean, their penalty kill uh, has given the Jets uh, some fits. Now, that being said, the Jets had opportunities on the power play in the first period against Ottawa on Saturday. But Ottawa's penalty kill in the last, you know, since mid-April is second best in the NHL. So it's not like, you know, the Jets just weren't doing their job. It's just Ottawa was was doing very well in the penalty kill. So obviously, yeah, you, you would have liked to have followed up the win over the Flames with another victory on Saturday to really get that good feeling cemented. But 
I think if you can take some sort of a, a long range look at it, the Jets are really reducing those transition chances against. And that's the biggest thing that Paul Maurice wants to see come out of the game. Now, will the offense start to roll again? That's, I think, what they're what they're hoping. Andrew Kopp spoke on Sunday about the importance of, you know, increasing some zone time and uh, maybe getting the D a little bit more involved in the offensive zone. But we'll see kind of how that plays out. But the main thing for the Winnipeg Jets right now, especially given who they're going to be going up against in the postseason, you know, you have to be able to limit those chances, those rush chances against. And so that seems to be the main goal right now. Jamie, I think Paul Maurice said earlier in the week, he talked about, you know, just because you're not getting the results you want, it doesn't mean you're not playing the right way. Um, but obviously they get that result in Calgary. What are the positives yeah, you take from that and then carry that forward into this final week of the regular season? Well, I, I think first and foremost with, with the win in Calgary is just, you know, Paul Maurice is saying to the, the group, this is the way you have to play to be successful in the playoffs. This is the game that you have to play. It hasn't worked out. And finally you get, you know, that win in Calgary to prove not that the players didn't know that's the way and it has, you have to, to do that, be successful, but to get that in potential playoff spot says a lot about what they were doing. Um, you, you get a Connor Hellebuck had four days rest. He comes back and plays a solid. Cause I thought his play had slipped a little bit, not a lot, but I think with everybody in, in, in the group and during that seven-game losing streak, you know, everyone had their moments uh, that, that things weren't working so well. So for him to come back and get a shutout, you get a power play goal there, like Mitch said, even a, a shorthanded goal. You had a little bit of everything. And, man, if Andrew Klopp scores in the penalty shot, you got a perfect little night there as well in Calgary. So, so many things to take from. And then you see how – Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk work together. You also get a good look at Billy Hainala. Uh, Paul Maurice expected a lot more pressure and forechecking and physicality from the Flames uh, to see if Billy Hainala can handle those types of things because certainly that's what you're going to get in the playoffs. But still, uh, Hainala handled himself very well. So everyone chipped in that night, and that's what you're going to need in the postseason. So there's just so many things you can take from that, that game in Calgary that you can move with uh, going down the road here in the final three games. Mitch, Jamie just touched on it right there. Uh, Billy Hanala, he got in for two straight games. Uh, what did you see from the young Finn in those two contests? A real confident player. I mean, uh, obviously, the uh, the games that he's been able to get in, whether it's at the American Hockey League level, he started in the Finnish Liga this year. He played in the World Juniors. I mean, he's had a busy yet somehow long season. Um, but I think he said it probably best. He just feels more confident in his body out there. And obviously like, you know, he's a guy that that's five eleven, based on, uh, you know, the, the height that's listed uh, on the team's website. So he's not going to be a guy like Logan Stanley. That's going to grab a guy and push him off the puck. He's going to have to do it body position wise. And that's the same for, for the battles in front of the net. And I thought over the last couple of games, he's, he's done quite well. Like listen, Billy Hayden is always going to be able to move the puck. That's what he's really good at. I thought it was, um, exciting to see him get some power play time when, when Neil Pionk wasn't available to play on Saturday. Um, the Jets sat him for some maintenance slash health reasons to make sure he's, he's good to go for the postseason. But I thought it was cool to see him in that, in that spot, running that second unit and very nearly had an assist in the, uh, in the opening period um, on a real nice passing play that just didn't work out. But he played, you know, just under 14 minutes against the Calgary Flames. Like Jamie said, that was a game that Paul Maurice wanted to see how he would handle a, a physical forecheck. They maybe necessarily didn't see it as much from the Flames as they anticipated, 
So he goes back in against the Ottawa Senators. And I thought, you know, in his just under 18 minutes, he hit three shots on goal, had some power play time, like I mentioned, um, and made some really nice plays with the puck to be able to get it uh, up to the wingers, which is the main thing that you want from the Winnipeg Jets defenseman in the defensive zone. I thought he did a lot of good things. So be interesting to see uh, how it plays out over the rest of the week. I know Paul Maurice wants to see uh, some, maybe some different defensive pairs and, you know, Tucker Pullman doesn't skate on Sunday. So that was a maintenance thing as well, but you never know if he like Pionk might be held out of a game here and there. So there's a lot of question marks uh, in terms of the back end, in terms of what it might look like and what Paul Maurice wants to see from them. But I think Billy Hainala has shown himself quite well over the last couple of games. Uh, speaking of good showings, Jamie, obviously a couple of really big milestones for two Winnipeg Jets forwards, uh, Blake Wheeler hitting the 800 point mark for his career and Mark Shifley uh, hitting the 500 point mark in his career. And Blake Wheeler's finding himself on a six game point streak right now. Um, Mark Shifley became the third forward on the Jets this season with 20 goals. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe just touch on those two milestones and what they truly mean. Well, first off, it comes together. It comes from Mark Shifley passing to Blake Wheeler. So that that ties in perfectly to me. And the one thing I also didn't touch on and what that win in Calgary was, the Jets finally got some puck luck, right? And you, you're leading up to that play. You know, the Flames had a chance to clear the puck out and they don't. And then Chris Tanev and Mark Giordano run into each other, which leaves Mark, you know, Blake Wheeler wide open in front of the net. So finally some puck luck in the hard work that they're getting. But they've been together for so long and they've had so many achievements together. So it only makes sense that they combine on huge milestones for both players. Blake Wheeler's kind of got this quiet. This is probably the quietest six game point streak he's had uh, in the four years I've been in Winnipeg covering this hockey team. So, you know, there was a lot of criticism earlier in the year about how he was playing. Uh, now I, that, that, that criticism has quieted down quite a bit. Uh, he's done a great job here. And that top line, along with Kyle Connor, is going to be leaned on heavily here in the playoffs. And now that they're getting things going here, I think it's important to, to have that. So Blake Wheeler's going. Mark Shifley's getting going here. Got his 200th goal the other night as well. So some big milestones out of the way. And Paul Maurice gets his 300th win in Winnipeg as well. So lot, lots of good things come out of that. And, you know, despite the the, the results Saturday, you know, the result against the Ottawa Senators, I think there's this is this is trending in the right direction, in my opinion, for the Winnipeg Jets. Just a quick note on Blake Wheeler. Uh, the pass to Mark Shifley at the end of the third period, essentially, for that second Winnipeg Jets goal against Ottawa was elite. Yeah. Like the yeah. arc on that sauce pass right yeah. on the tape. I mean, that, that's who Blake Wheeler is. He's, he's an elite passer. Uh, speaking of elite, uh, mm-hmm. Adam Lowry joined us for the podcast. He is elite in many facets, and uh, speaking is, is one of them. Uh, we had a chance to sit down with Adam Lowry. We talked about Mother's Day. Obviously, we record this on Sunday, which is Mother's Day, and a whole heck of a lot of other things. We talk about oil changes, golf, dogs, the whole gambit. So uh, enjoy Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. Hi, this is Adam Lowry, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Joined here by Adam Lowry on Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Adam... We're recording this on Mother's Day. You're obviously here in Winnipeg. Your mom, Elaine, isn't. Uh, what do you have planned for Elaine today? Um, usually I let my older sister take care of uh, the, the gifts. She She's better at, uh, you know, making sure there's something thoughtful. So, um, you know, we all talk about it, and she usually takes care of it. And 
then, then we'll probably get on a group FaceTime and uh, you know wish her Happy Mother's Day. I don't want to yeah, have yourself have yourself throw you under the bus, but are you one of those guys that is like, okay, Mother's Day is tomorrow. We better get something for her, or are you ahead of the game? Uh, usually we're, we're, we're pretty good. I think, you know, having an older sister that's uh, pretty on top of these things, uh, she she usually makes sure well in advance that these things are taken care of. And um, she's also a mother. So happy Mother's Day to Sarah and uh, Elaine, I guess. Last one about your mom. Obviously, she came on the mom's trip and you got hurt in that first game. Now, do you look back at that as just kind of like you shrug and laugh about it? How like it was sort of a, you know, a Murphy's Law type thing? Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I think... It, it was unfortunate. I was looking forward to, to having her and, you know, being healthy on the trip and, you know, watch having her be able to watch me play uh, in a couple different rinks. But obviously, you know, she, she got to see a period and then we got to spend some quality time together. I, I remember coming off the flight. Uh, we were in Chicago and we're flying to Carolina. It was and I'm in a sling there. They're trying to tell me to, you know, stop moving my shoulder kind of thing. And I'm not struggling with my bags, but you know it's not the easiest. It's not the the most graceful way to. I'm getting it off the airplane, and you know my mom keeps trying to grab my bag. She keeps trying to, you know, the, the motherly <laughs> thing, like let me grab that. Oh, you know, let me help you with your your dress shirt. You know, <laughs> let me get your coat on. And I'm looking at her, and finally I had to say, "Mom, you you got to stop because <laughs> if you weren't here, you know, I'd have to to figure out a way to do this." But uh, you know, it, it was. Uh, the silver lining of that that trip was I, I got to spend a lot of quality time with her, you know, throughout the days, mostly on, on game days. If I was playing, I'd maybe see her in the morning. And now, you know, I had a full day of activities. I got to hang out with her for about a week. So th- that was nice to have her around for that. That's good. Um, shifting over to the hockey side of things, obviously the news broke a few weeks back that you signed the five-year deal. Uh, congratulations, by the way. What goes into a decision like that? I mean, obviously there's the hockey side of it, but to me there's got to just be a bunch of different things that have to fall into place for you to make that choice. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, yeah, f- first and foremost, I I wanted to stay in Winnipeg. It's it's the team that drafted me. It's the team that you know I broke into my professional career in St. John's with, and then I, I got my opportunity to play in the NHL. And, uh, you know, I've been here for so long. Everything's so familiar. You know, it, I enjoy playing in front of the fans I, I enjoy the group of guys we have here the training staff you know everyone in this organization is is fantastic and um you know it's so th- there was a lot of different factors you know my, my girlfriend's from here you know it, and that was kind of a bonus that uh, we get to stay I think she she was really happy about that as well so you know a lot of different things go into it and uh, you know I was very happy that uh, we were able to to come to a deal and a deal that you know hopefully keep me here for for a very long time. You mentioned you know when you signed the deal that you had the back and forth with Chevy about wanting to sign during the season, and they were able to get that done for you, even though they typically don't do that. What was that like, and just how, what did it mean for you to have them do that for you? Yeah, well, you know, uh, I was getting an oil change actually when he called me, and <laughs> I, it was about a week before the trade deadline, and you know it. It's it's not too often that the general manager is calling you. So at first my heart sinks a little. I'm like, uh oh, maybe right. maybe I got maybe I was a part of a package or, or something like that. And you know, it, so then I answer the call and you know we have a quick discussion. And you know, it, it always feels good to to know that they want to make you a priority and they they want to keep you. So you know, I, I was real happy when that happened and you know I was looking forward to kind of getting those talks underway and you know fortunately it it happened pretty quickly and 
you know, it, uh, you know, I was able to get uh, five years, and you know, it, uh, having my dad here and you know my, some of my family here, it's it's been awesome. What does it mean for you to be able to sort of be part of that culture moving forward and create that culture and dictate what happens here down the stretch? Yeah, well, I, I think it's important. You know, I've I've played under a lot of great leaders, and you know, I, I've learned from you know some really good captains and some really good veteran guys throughout my career here. And you know, as you get older, you, you kind of want to start becoming that guy. And you know, or you know, maybe young guys come to you if they have questions about things off the ice, or you know, they they are struggling a little bit on the ice, and. You know, just just try and continue to to build a culture where you know we expect to win, and you know we become a team that is kind of talked about every year with a chance to win the Stanley Cup. So, you know, I'm looking forward to those challenges over the next five years. Offensively, you're having one of your best seasons, considering we've only played about 50, just over 50 games. Um, and you've always said that you know your job is to be good in the defensive zone, win faceoffs, those types of things. But just what do you attribute the offensive success to? Is it a product of those around you, or have you made personal changes on the ice? Oh, you know, some of it I think comes down to you know a bit of luck. Obviously, yep. you feel like I, I'm getting some more bounces this year as opposed to last year. But you know, I, I think. Coming off of last year, I wasn't really thrilled with how I played. I wasn't, you know, thrilled with my production on the ice or my contributions. And you know, I, over the pause and over kind of the break, you know, and I was able to kind of look at my game, watch some film, and see areas where, you know, in games where I was good, and see areas where in games where I wasn't good, and you know what the difference was. And you know, small changes that. And little tweaks, you know, where instead of drifting away from a pile where, where the puck is and, you know, you start coming to it, you stay in the fight a little longer rather than, you know, getting pushed to the outside. Things like that where, you know, now, now you're getting these second and third opportunities instead of being one and done. So, you know, I, I think it's just a combination of, uh, you know, some little things and little changes I've made. And then obviously you look at what Copper and Appy have been able to do this year. They're, they're having terrific years in themselves. And so some of it's a product of my line mates as well. You mentioned Mason Appleton. Just what have you seen from him this year that's allowed him to take the step he has? Well, I, I think it's just a confidence in, in knowing that he's kind of solidified his role and solidified his, his spot and he continues to get better. I think you saw the production of what he was able to do in the American League and you know, the points he was able to produce. And um, so you, we always knew that he kind of had this potential. And now, now that he's got that confidence, he's able to hang on to the puck. He's got tremendous speed and he, he makes really smart plays with the puck. So, you know, it's been kind of nice learning and growing that chemistry with him. He, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Rusty, Brandon Tanev, you know, just with the speed, you know, and maybe not necessarily as fast, but maybe a little more under control. Uh, so it's it's been nice kind of having that speed on the right side, being able to throw some pucks there and, you know, watch him chase it down. Uh, last few for you. Obviously, the pandemic has, you know, been a tough time for everybody. What are you looking forward to most to having back to normal, I guess, in air quotes? Um, well, you know, I, I think travel and being able to, you know, go see family, go see friends. Uh, I have a lot of family out in Ontario and B.C. and, you know, it'd be great to be able to, to go see them, maybe a golf trip you know go somewhere nice go somewhere warm go see some palm trees things like that so you know, I'm really looking forward to that but I, I think first and foremost is just you know the ability to spend time with my friends and family and you know not have to worry about uh, you know wearing a mask or physical distancing things like that playing cards with buddies um, second last one uh, there seems to be a, quite the big dog craze on the team obviously Shipe got a dog prior to the season Josh Morrissey just got one are you a dog guy is there a dog in your future 
So I'll start this. I do really enjoy dogs. At this point in my life, I like the freedom of not having a dog. <laughs> Very fair. And last one, uh, you're a golfer. You talked about that. Um, what's your dream foursome? Which three players would you like to play? It doesn't matter if they're a golfer, which human being? Oh, hmm. uh, that's a tough question. Uh, I'll say Tiger Woods, uh, Michael Jordan, and then... Uh, yeah, the fourth one's tough. Um, maybe we'll see George Washington. <laughs> there you go. All right, thanks. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Tune in to Jets TV Live after every home game for highlights, analysis, and all the post-game comments live. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and the Winnipeg Jets mobile app. Thanks to Adam Lowry for taking the time to join the podcast. He had a busy Sunday, included practice. He had like a 10-minute media availability. And then he took the time to sit down with me for that little chat. So thank you to Adam, as always. All right, moving on. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets have three games remaining on the schedule. All three of them are here in Winnipeg at Bell MTS Place. Uh, they take on the Vancouver Canucks on Monday and Tuesday in a back-to-back situation. And then the final game of the regular season comes on May 14th against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that one's an interesting one because there could be something on the line for the Winnipeg Jets. There could be nothing on the line for both teams. So, uh, just Mitchell, what are you looking forward to as the uh, schedule closes out and we shift into the playoffs? Well, I think that game, oddly enough, that, that you mentioned uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, I don't know how much there will be to play for the Maple Leafs. They clinched the North Division on Saturday, uh, this past Saturday. So, they know where they're finishing. It's just a matter of who they're going to play. And that battle seems to be coming down to uh the jets and the montreal canadians who the toronto maple Leafs beat back on saturday so it'll be interesting to see if that has any if that game has any implication on that um and also the approach that the toronto maple Leafs will be taking we talked about how the the jets have been kind of taking a little bit of a a maintenance perspective on anybody that's not at least 98 percent you know so um It'd be interesting to see if uh, the full Toronto Maple Leaf lineup plays that night. But then you got uh, you got Lauren Brassois getting the start on Monday, according to Paul Maurice uh, today. So Brassois will start in goal uh, against the Vancouver Canucks on Monday. Canucks, obviously a team that the Jets haven't seen for, for quite a while, but the Canucks have had some success at Bell MTS Place, just as the Jets have had success in Vancouver. So, you know, the Jets will be trying to right that ship. But ultimately for the Jets, of course, this is all about preparing for whenever game one of the Stanley cup playoffs starts. So you're going to see them continue that theme of trying to limit the rush chances against, and then trying to generate as much zone time as possible. Andrew cup, I thought broke it down really well on Sunday. So make sure you head to winnipegjets.com, click jets TV, and you can watch his entire media availability who like Adam Lowry, I think he went about eight, eight to 10 minutes, but one of the questions was just about, you know, what, what the game kind of has to look like. And, he said, you know, the, the, the main reason that the Jets aren't getting those transition chances that they had early in the season is because teams aren't playing that game now. You know, they're trying to make the Jets go 200 feet. That How many times have you heard Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley and, and Andrew Kopp say that about what they want to do to the other team? So it's almost like, you know, these teams are playing this postseason style of game that is forcing the Jets to go 200 feet. So the Jets can't capitalize on those turnovers at the offensive zone blue line and go back the other way with speed. They have to be able to manufacture that speed from their own end. And then when you work so hard to do that and then get into the offensive zone, 
now you need to generate some zone time and keep the other team there so that not only do they have to go 200 feet when they get the puck back, but they're probably going to be tired from, you know, having to defend for 20 to 30 seconds in that zone. So obviously I think that's going to be the main focus. And then I think the offensive game will, will slowly start to come for the jets. It's generating offense in a little bit of a different way, but Paul Maurice earlier in the year, liked how direct the, the jets offense is perhaps it's just, you know, recommitting to that and then making sure they get bodies in front of the opposing net. So that that'll likely be a point of focus uh, over this week as well. Jamie, to wrap things up, you know, we talk about that final game of the regular season could be a big one. It could be nothing. Um, but as of where we stand right now, all signs are pointing to the Edmonton Oilers being the Winnipeg Jets first round playoff opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, just how do you see the two teams matching up? And, and I mean, let's, let's take away the regular season series. Let's throw yeah. that in the corner and it can just sit over there and stew. Um, but I think it just matters how those teams are going to be playing at that current moment. And what happened in the past is in the past and you got to look forward. So with all that in mind, how do you see the two teams matching up in that first round? If that's where we end up. Oh, I'll go back. Just one thing on, on the regular season matchup though, Tyler, it was just that that six, one loss on home ice was the low point for this hockey club. Right. So now you've built off that and you've accepted the fact that you got to play playoff style hockey, get comfortable with that. That's the only thing you take away from the regular season series. Going into the playoffs against the Edmonton Oilers, if that is their matchup, I think you go with how well the Lowry line went up against the McDavid line in their final regular season meeting. You also look at you're going to have to cut back on your rush chances, which they've been working on. So if you cut back on that, I think they match up very well with the Edmonton Oilers. Another factor in this one entirely is Mike Smith. Mike Smith has played so well against the Jets, but – the one thing they've been working on, they will continue to work on if they run up against them is they got to figure out a way to make it harder for Mike Smith to play the puck. And he will, he's going to end up with it, but Paul Murray's pointed out he's made mistakes to handling the puck. So you just capitalize on those when they, when they pop up, it is going to be physical series. Finally, some emotion is going to be there too, as well. And I know there's not gonna be fans in the building, but now here's the playoffs. It's been hard manufacturing emotion during this season because of no fans in the building that's going to come into play. And I think that's where you're going to see the jets elevate things to where they need to go. Uh, Especially teams clearly going to be a big factor in this. The penalty kill has resolved itself since Adam Lauer returned to the lineup. So that's going to play a large role in this, but where they match up, I think is very even so many ways. They're very similar in some ways, but to me, goaltending is going to be Connor Hellebuck's going to have to be better than Mike Smith flat out in this series if they run to one another and then specialty teams and the fact that Jets can roll four lines a lot better and with more uh, results than the Edmonton Oilers do. I think that's going to play a big role in this series as well. So I know if, when the match is finalized, we're going to break this all down. But to me, those are the things Connor Helbus could be better than Mike Smith, specialty teams. And the fact that Jets can roll four lines and be okay with it will play a role in them beating the Edmonton Oilers. Before we wrap things up here, obviously we record this on Sunday. It's Mother's Day. I'm going to put you all on the spot. And I see Mitchell's just scrolling on his phone right now. So he he's not even in the right Pay attention, to Mitchell. answer this question. Pay oh, attention. I'm paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys have any good mothers and hockey mom stories uh, that tie in, whether it was when you were a kid or, or now that you work in the game? Just any good stories, tie-ins with your mom? Go ahead, Mitch. Well... I mean, for me, like it's my, my mom's been a, a huge part of uh, my life, whether it's at 
the hockey rink or otherwise. I, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I could always tell where my mom was in the rink because she had these certain mitts that she would clap together whenever something good happened on the ice. And they were just really, really loud. So I could tell where she was at all times. Um, but then, you know, it, it comes to, uh, you know, you get into this type of uh, type of business and everything. And she's a, a huge Jets fan. So, you know, whether it's a tough loss or a big win, I can kind of always count on, you know, I'm going to have a text from her after the game. And, you know, sometimes, especially, you know, back in the day when uh, when we would all kind of be be traveling, um, you know, sometimes with the, the rush of post game and everything, I probably wouldn't get back to the text until the next morning or whenever we landed in the next city or however it would be. And she would just be like, Oh no, like you don't have to like, don't feel like you have to answer at that time. It's just, um, it's just what I'm thinking at the time about the game. And so you always kind of appreciate, um, getting those texts, texts and, and whatnot. So obviously looking forward to the, to the time that, um, you know, the world, the province, the country is back at a point where we're all going to be able to see our moms in person again, um, for, you know, and not over say zoom or, or, or anything like that. So, um, yeah, she's obviously been a, a massive part of my life and continues to be that. So, uh, looking forward to the day that I can see her and hang out with her and talk jets, talk, uh, blue Jays, talk golf, you name it. She'll, she'll talk any sport with you. So, uh, really looking forward to that, to that day. Jamie. Uh, well, okay. So your, your mom's always your biggest fan, no matter what there, I think there's hard to find anybody out there that wouldn't say that about their mom. So when I first got into television way back in 1998, uh, my mom took a photo of me on the TV, blew it up and put it in a frame for me. As a <laughs> so, so I've got this frame photo of myself on television in my room when I lived in Lethbridge and I, I said to my mom, I go, this is, I'm going to look totally arrogant mom with this. Here's a photo of me on TV. So that I, I remember that. And my mom has become a huge Winnipeg jet fan uh, since I moved down here and started working with them. So uh, even last year with the flames and jets playing each other in the playoffs, uh, even the other night, she said, I'm more than happy if the jets qualify for the playoffs beating the flames uh, which turned out to be that way. So she is, uh, wherever I'm working, she's, uh, the fan of that team. Um, never for the Toronto Maple Leafs though. So, but, um, other than that, she's, she's been along the ride for it. So happy mother's day, mom. And I haven't seen you since October. So I look forward to the day that we get to come back to Alberta and, and see you in a, a safe manner, of course. Tyler. And just quickly for myself, I mean, a lot of what you guys talked about, you know, applies, I think to my situation too. I think some of the things that I think about most are, you know, my mom works in education and as I'm sure many educators know, Sunday night is a busy night, whether you're getting ready for the week ahead or marking and marking tests and assignments. And she would come to every single hockey game, even though I'm sure she had other things to do that <laughs> night. And, um, and, you know, the other one too, is just, I refereed hockey for gosh, I think about 15 years. And, you know, when I was starting out in my career and then doing playoff games and she would come and watch and just make sure that, people uh, were being respectful of her son. And now I'm curious what would have happened if someone wasn't, I'm not quite sure what would have happened, but uh, um, and then like you guys mentioned too, just she's become a huge Jets fan. I think she always was, but once she started working for the team, uh, she's just, she's all in, she's invested. In, she usually texts me after every game and you bet. Yeah. If I end up on the TSN or Sportsnet broadcasts on the bench or wherever, I'll be getting a picture of myself 
Uh, so <laughs> that way I just kind of know what I look like uh, every once in a while. She needs to remind me. So mom, I love you. Thank you so much uh, for all that you do and uh, all the mothers out there um, have a happy mother's day. And of course, thank you for listening to ground control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg jets. The next time you hear from us, it's the playoffs, baby. Enjoy. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com. 